So these days you'll see every major card issuer with an affiliate program. You'll also see many of the disruptive card issuers in the space with affiliate programs, major financial institutions, regional financial institutions. I think because the affiliate space enables tracking in order to pay out these partners, there's a level of transparency um, inherent in the channel that is really appealing to a financial services company especially in such a highly regulated industry, the, the transparency and tracking on what, every, what everything is happening and what you're paying out on has been really important and also beneficial to those businesses. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Today we dig into affiliate marketing. It's a model that was first made popular by Amazon, a company looking to increase its sales, partners with content sites to promote products. If those content sites are successful driving traffic or sales or leads, they get paid. Nowadays, Every major credit card player has an affiliate program. I sit with Stephanie Harris, the founder and CEO of PartnerCentric. She and her firm work with many of the major financial players to help them maximize the results from their performance marketing. We talk about why affiliate programs make sense in financial services, and Stephanie describes the challenges in running a good program. Lastly, she gives us some tricks of the trade for financial firms looking to get into affiliate marketing. Stephanie Harris is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, I'm Stephanie Harris, owner and CEO at PartnerCentric. We are a leading performance marketing agency and we work with major credit card issuers, financial banks, and other verticals. We connect them with the most meaningful partners that can drive top value for them on a performance basis. So to put it simply, these partners are called affiliates. And in an affiliate program, a company pays out to the affiliate when and only when traffic they've sent completes an action they deem valuable. And this ecosystem is the landscape in which our business operates. And the reason it's called performance marketing, um, that's because you're only paying for performance? Correct. You are determining ahead of time what actions you deem most valuable and when a partner of yours, also known as an affiliate, generates traffic that completes those actions, that's when a payment is triggered. And that is what you pay out on in this channel. And so particularly in the finance channel, like why do affiliate programs make sense? I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with them you know, for e-commerce, like Amazon sort of made it real popular. Um, why in finance specifically? Well, they're an effective way to leverage the influence of influencers, you can open doors to new consumers who may not have known about your services previously. You know, to your example about you know Amazon and retailers, that was definitely the original landscape of the channel. Started with you know coupon and loyalty sites, and it has definitely evolved over time um, to become more of a performance-based perspective, where any partner that you can work with on a performance or a hybrid performance basis as part of this ecosystem. And so, you know, a financial services company specifically might be able to partner with top financial sites, influencers, editorial teams, new technology partners that they may never have, you know, connected with before. And that really helps them increase their share of voice and ultimately grow their business. And are there particular, I guess, subsectors of the financial services industry that you see um, more embracing the affiliate model or, or less embracing? Subsectors? 
Yeah, like credit cards versus wealth management versus banking, uh, or is everybody using affiliate um, program? So these days you'll see every major card issuer with an affiliate program. You'll also see many of the disruptive card issuers in the space with affiliate programs, major financial institutions, regional financial institutions. I think because the affiliate space enables tracking in order to pay out these partners, there's a level of transparency um, inherent in the channel that is really appealing to a financial services company, especially in such a highly regulated industry that the transparency and tracking on what, every, what everything is happening and what you're paying out on has been really important and also beneficial to those businesses. And I guess as before we, we drive, uh, delve deeper into uh, some of the questions I had for you, can you talk about the role Partner Centric has in, in marketing? Are you putting together, uh, you representing the, the advertiser as well as connecting them to the aff affiliates? Um, like, I guess how, how broad and how deep do you guys go in terms of servicing that ecosystem? Sure. So our business, the, the clients that we service are the car issuers, the companies, the, the banks, the financial institutions who would um, task us with going out there and finding those right affiliate partners for them, uh, pitching to those affiliate partners, perhaps a new card offer, what that card offer is, you know, what the language is that they're able to share and what the payout structure would be. You know, for example, um, we work with major card issuers who will ask us to um, go out there and get them newly approved high credit score applicants for their card product. And so we'll look for partners who might have a demographic that have a higher credit score and who'd be interested in their product and feature them on their site. And when that traffic um, clicks on those, you know, advertisements or those reviews, um, they go to, you know, a major that major card issuer and they fill out an application for a new card, if they're a high enough score that, and they complete an application, that triggers that pre-approved payment bounty for that partner that a client of ours would pay. And so we manage that process from start to finish. Got it. I guess that's a segue to my next question. Can, can you describe some of the leading uh, affiliate models, um, I guess, that, that you work with or that, you know, sort of some of the biggest brands are using in the market to, to bring in new customers? So the leading model is CPA-based, and CPA is cost per acquisition. So ahead of time, it's determined what price you're willing to pay for an acquired new customer. Typically in this space, in the financial services industry, it would be on a newly approved customer. But there are other models like paying out on, for example, downloads of a financial app. You know, if you're a financial application, um, you know, on an like iPhone. Like installs. Uh -huh. Totally. Or for opening a checking account, you know, if you're one of these larger banks and you want to get new checking customers or, or savings account customers, those are other ways you can pay out on. It's definitely a very versatile um, channel for as many different creative ways you can think of that are valuable to you and your brand to bring customers in to pay out on. Interesting. You threw that word valuable in there. I think because, well, why did you throw that word valuable in there? Because not all traffic is created equal. Uh, got it. So you really you need just can to, get kind of kind of gray area or dirty, I guess, or not dirty, but I think that um, especially in the financial services space, compliance is um, a big.
big component of the job. And so making mm -hmm. sure that the traffic that's coming in is not fraudulent, that it is, um, that it is sending the right kind of traffic, mm -hmm. the right sort of credit scores for what you're looking for if you're, if you're a, a credit card or a bank, um, and making sure that the right information is being captured. You know, that's a big component of managing programs like this for this space. And so all that being said, assuming the traffic is everything that you want it to be, you still want to be paying out on the thing that is most valuable to your business. The thing that you really want to incentivize these affiliate partners to go out there and get for you because that is what you're paying out on. Uh, that makes total sense. Are there generally um, accepted numbers? I know you can't talk about specific numbers to your clients, but um, how much, you know, is there an average number, at least that's been published about what um, marketers are willing to pay for a new bank account or a new credit card application? Um, can you share at least like ranges, I guess, what, what, what companies pay for those? I think that'd be interesting for our audience to hear those numbers. Oh, I mean, it, it, it varies wildly. It depends on the size of the issuer or bank. It depends on the, um, the credit score that they wanna go after. So obviously the more high credit score the applicant, the higher the bounty will be on bringing that kind of application to a close. Um, what I can tell you is that, you know, these programs, some, some programs are, are private and they have maybe, you know, a, a two dozen partners in them. And some of them are much larger and can have several hundred to thousands of partners in them. But to work with these types of companies, there's a very long onboarding process. You know, they really do a lot of due diligence to make sure that, that, that the, the company that they want to onboard into their process, you know, those affiliate partners are going to be you know, the tried and true partners that will give them the results that they want. And so there is a lot of negotiation on the rates, more so than in other mm -hmm. areas of our space. Like to, to your earlier point, if you were like a, an apparel, a, apparel or retail client, you would have like one public rate and maybe you'd have a little bit of a private, you know, conversation with some of your VIPs. And in the, the financial space, many more of those conversations are happening privately but it is the kind of space where you can really see a lot of what's happening with your competition in real time. So you'll see another card issuer, what they're doing. Suddenly, you know, one of your biggest affiliates is promoting them heavily on the homepage and, and what those offers look like. And that tells the other card issuers there's some sort of special deal happening with that partner. Is that a partner they want to go after? Do they want to go after somebody else that has a similar demographic? So you can kind of benchmark yourself against your competition in real time. And you can either choose to follow what you're seeing as a trend, or you can choose to do something that you haven't seen your competitors do. And you have confidence that you're a first mover. Because definitely with the, with the card issuers and the financial banks, they're very competitive set <laughs> and they definitely want to know what the others in their sort of rarefied space are doing. Uh, so there's a ton of competitive intelligence out there just by watching these affiliate programs. Um, so that's a good question. How, how have affiliate programs, I guess, evolved as you've worked with clients over the years? Um, have they changed much? And, and if they have changed, like, I guess, how, how have they changed? So I think what you're seeing in the financial space mirrors what's happening in the rest of the industry. So I mentioned earlier, 
um, that it's definitely more of a performance-based perspective these days. And what I meant by that is, in the beginning of the industry, um, as we talked about, it really it really started Amazon affiliates, especially the first affiliate program, first affiliate model. Um, and from there, you saw a rise in affiliates from different retailers and coupon and loyalty were the were the kings of that space, including when they would work with financial services institutions. And over time, that has evolved where we no longer look at who your potential partners could be based on are they considered quote unquote an affiliate, but whether that partner is able to work on a performance basis, you know, our hybrid CPA or cost per acquisition. And if they are, that has really enlarged the ecosystem, the types of partners that people, you know, companies in the affiliate space can work with. So as an example, if you're in financial services, you know, your landscape doesn't have just maybe your traditional finance review sites, coupon and loyalty, listing card offers up there along with, you know, other financial products and, and also clothing products and promotions and Old Navy and stuff like that as part of a marketplace. You're now able to partner with mobile, with bloggers, with, you know, new review sites. There are definitely these traditional marketplaces that issuer credit cards are listed that now include editorial content partners that have mastered SEO or there are FinTech apps that are really popular right now with the millennial set um, and younger audiences that you can partner with. And even the social media influencers, um, you know, for folks that are interested in how to invest your money under 30 that the younger set are following on social media that are doing performance-based um, payout models with these major financial institutions. Interesting. And so what are, what are the challenges, I guess, if, if you're um, a young or a mature uh, financial institution that hasn't yet uh, adopted sort of performance marketing, what are some of the challenges of running a good program? So the, the largest challenge is around compliance. Um, and I mentioned that earlier, and it's really, really important in such a heavily regulated industry that you're communicating to your partners exactly what they are allowed to promote and what those rates are, and that you're regularly monitoring that they are updating your promotional language as you need them to. So as soon as there's a change to your offering or change to your terms, that not only you've communicated those in a timely way, but that the partners, you know, all over the internet that you're working with have updated accordingly. And oftentimes when a partner doesn't, it's not because they're trying to do anything, you know, um, nefarious. They're simply, you know, behind on their updates, but you need to definitely be diligent about that because you don't want to confuse the consumer in the marketplace who then applies for something under a different set of understanding than what is reality. So if the advertiser has some type of policy change or something, a communication change, they have to then communicate that out to all their affiliates and they have to change their copy or their, their visuals or something accordingly. Exactly. And I think more so. In and the there's no way to automate that. The, <laughs> it seems are, like there should be, right? There are automated tools, but then you definitely want a set of real eyes looking and monitoring your partners regularly in this field 
to make sure that you're catching something before it's gone on for, you know, maybe they've stayed out, outdated for a few weeks or something. Because when there does become a problem because something's outdated, that becomes a very big problem for those financial institutions, um, a bigger problem internally. And so there's just a, a, a higher level of responsibility in this channel than if you were selling stocks on Old Navy. Um, you're, you're creative or, you know, you were running an old promotion. So one of the things, and you alluded to this in your previous answer, but um, you talked about how, I guess, the, the affiliates have, sorry, the advertisers have changed. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, the way the publishers have changed? You started talking about this. I'm curious, like, I mean, you have really big players in the market, like Credit Karma, I guess, that is, is I think, primarily driven by affiliate revenue. Is that correct? Right. Credit.com um, is another one. Credit Sesame. I mean, there's a lot of those types of sites. Um, and it become very influential, at least from, from a content and editorial point of view, too, right? Oh, absolutely. Another one is the points guy. I mean, he's been around for a long time, but he's very big in the financial services space as an affiliate. Um, and they, they, they can, you can make tremendous money if you're providing valuable content that happens to be incentivized um with these performance bounties when actions are completed but you're really doing your due diligence on you know reviewing the different products providing the editorial content around you know the best ways to use them or who is best to use them those have really become go-to resources more so than if you were to go directly to the credit card issuer and apply for for a card or something like that um, those are really, you know, they show up very high in SEO. Um, you know, a lot of people use them. So there's a lot of different really large editorial content sites that have evolved over the years and have really overtaken a lot of the um, card issuer messages themselves because mm. they have their own audience, their own influence. And the, the major financial institutions and issuers really compete to, to get prime exposure and prime partnership with those types of sites. And, and I guess as consumers, we, we're okay with that type of content, even though we know it's supported by, by advertising. If, if we feel that the content is, is, uh, you know, has that strong editorial voice where it doesn't feel jaded by, by sort of the underlying economics of the relationship. Exactly. And, and, and I think we've become very accustomed as customers and consumers to seeing, you know, a little blurb at the top of a website that says some of this content um, is, is sponsored by or, or if you click on, you know, something we may receive a, a portion of the, you know, proceeds. So I think it's, um, I think it's a very common model. Um, it's certainly you know, in the, in the social media space, if you look at like the, on Instagram and the influencers, you'll have to, you know, there's a hashtag sponsored ad. It is not as, I would say in general, these sites, it's not as in your face as that because they're providing a lot more value in the content than just saying like, hey, I'm using this product, go click on this now to find out more. They really built their own following. Interesting. Um, we have time for one last question. I'm, I'm curious what, what kind of advice you would give to companies um, entering into this market, some tricks of the trade or something like that, um, how to first like sort of get involved with affiliate marketing. Sure. And I think the, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that this is a relationship channel. So you should definitely view 
your affiliate marketing efforts as a marathon and not a sprint. Um, it will take time to onboard these partners. It will take time to um, work with them on what they should best promote, promote and, to, um, and to be able to see the results that you're looking for. There's definitely a great opportunity in this space to be able to test out different partnerships and see what works for your business. You know, we, we kind of call it here at Partner Centric firing bullets before you fire cannons. So if you want to try out a new model, or if you want to, you know, you have a case study um, from your strategy team about something another financial institution provider has tried out that looks like it might work for your business, you can test out that theory on a smaller partner and see what those learnings might look like in the course of working with them before developing a broader strategy around that type of um, offering or um, that type of partner and, and maybe how they get their traffic. So that's definitely something to think about. I think there's a low barrier to entry. You know, so many in this space have an affiliate program. It is a very versatile channel. You can really, like I said earlier, be very creative about any which way that you value customers um, and build out a program accordingly and back out your CPA based on that and what you want to pay out based on that. And it's very transparent and trackable. So I think that that is ultimately the biggest benefit to a financial services company is that you can see everything that's happening. You know who you're working with. You know what traffic they're driving. You know exactly what you're paying out on. And you really are able to monitor from a regulatory standpoint very closely to ensure that you're compliant with the, the rules and regulations of the industry. And so I think that all of those benefits mean that there's going to be a lot of additional um, entry into this marketplace from other you know, financial service providers. And it'll be a great space for them to be able to partner with really new and different um, sites that give them a whole new audience that they never had before. Stephanie, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.